grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We bout to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the show, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It's my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble and reminisce about old stories. I'm sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Reminisce about crazy stories. Most weeks I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from Los Angeles, California, Katrina Davis. <sighs> Hello. What's Thank up you for having me, Brennan? What's of up? course. Welcome in. Tell everybody up front. This will come out the first day of April, April 1st, April Fool's. Plug everything you got going on. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, uh, first off, happy birthday to my grandpa. Shouts uh, out, grandpa. <laughs> Shouts out with grandpa. He is no longer with us, but whatever. I feel like airwaves pick up things. So, uh, But also, uh, I will have a experimental one-woman show in Los Angeles, April 1st and 2nd, where you can come up to me and say whatever you want to a stand-up comic for 60 seconds. And then we're all going to hang out and have an intermission. And then as everyone else is going uh, afterwards, I will do 50 minutes of stand up based on whatever people have told me during those 60 second moments. So wow, it's called The Comic is Present. It's going to be at the Lodge in Hollywood if you live in Los Angeles. So, yeah. But also, hi, I'm Katrina. I'm a comic. <laughs> <laughs> I did that backwards. That's no, that's fine. That sounds super interesting, especially because you know, as well as I do doing stand up, a minute can be a long time for people to just yes. talk into the void. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to like in theory, I feel like uh, it is inspired uh, by um, performance artist Maria Marina Abramovic and uh, my idea is that if somebody gives me 60 seconds, I should be able to expel like 60 seconds back. So okay. in theory, I should at the very least be able to, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's the first and the second at the lodge in Hollywood. We do have, I've had a bunch of, not a bunch. I've had a few LA people on. So we have some listeners out there in California. Yeah. Definitely go check it out. Um, yeah. Plug uh, social media, anything like that you got going on comedy central. Um, you should be out now on the comedy central. Oh, yeah. On I the internet. We won't plug that. Like that's going to be out. I, <laughs> <laughs> like nothing is real why would i ever um in terms of like the idea of plugging something like that uh when i have literally no timeline is just the funniest thing to me that could come out next year but um yeah i did <laughs> they're saving it they're saving it until your one woman show blows up and then they're gonna put it out they released a tape that i recorded in 2017 this year Oh, really? Don't tell me. Yes. Like, <laughs> I trust nothing. Um, but yeah, oh I just God. recorded a uh, short spot with Comedy Central. They should hopefully be able to see online. And then also, um, more definitely coming out soon is a, a shorter set of mine on Don't Tell Comedy on YouTube, which is a super fun secret show that is in like a bunch of different cities now. 
Um, so yeah, I have awesome stuff coming up. But yeah, all my stuff is at Katrina Savad, which is just Davis backwards. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. So you are out in LA now. We know each other kind of loosely because we came from the uh, same smaller scene. We both started out in the same smaller scene. So, but we didn't, we were two ships passing in the night. You had already left by the time I got sober and came back into comedy, you had already gone. And then we ended up being on a homecoming show together. Um, So tell everybody kind of thinking, I was like, we've never technically gotten to party together. No, because I, yeah. Yeah. Post post party. Um, Tell everybody kind of, where you got started because you're not are you originally from jacksonville or did you i grew up there okay so, that's what i thought yeah i was born in baltimore but i moved there when i was like five so okay I've been in Jack- i was in jacksonville the majority of my life um and then how did you get started, started in stand-up because jacksonville was not i mean we love the scene but jacksonville was not known for like and i had jake head on here and chris buck both you know hey! arguing oh about my gosh i who's... have to go listen to bucks yeah yeah about who started the scene and all that kind of stuff. Stop. So. Oh my gosh, so funny. I can't wait to listen to that argument. Um, <laughs> I just always loved stand-up and came back to Jacksonville after college. Where did you go to college? I went to UF, go Gators. Yeah. And ha-ha, I have to say, I, it's a full sentence. You can't, I can't say where I went and not say that afterwards. But I came back and was just like determined to not hate my life in Jacksonville. So I kind of was like, none of my friends from high school are necessarily here or into the same stuff as me anymore. I had friends from college, but a lot of them had gotten jobs in different states and places. So I was kind of just hell bent on finding new friends and places and things that made me happy here because I had found so many things in Gainesville and a scene and music and bars and all of this stuff that I love so much that I was like really determined to not be miserable in Jacksonville. So I started going to art walk and I started going to um, like hanging out at uh, like hip hop events that people were putting on downtown at like Borough Bar and stuff like that. So I had made a bunch of basically like art friends and stuff and they all hung out at Rain Dogs all the time. Yeah. Going to my friend's shows at Rain Dogs, hanging out with Wags, the owner who had a baby. We love you so much. Hi, Wags. And I was sitting at the bar one night and I love comedy my whole life. I was always joking around with my friends, whatever, and kind of just wanted to try it before I died. Did you watch stand up? Were you like a fan of like the old school comedy central presents and all that? Yes, my entire life. Okay. Stand up has been my thing. Like even as stand up became a thing that other people started, you know, being like, oh, I like stand up. I was like, fucking when did you start? Like, yeah, I've always liked this. Yes, I was already a bitch. Like it was like, uh, were you doing Mike Myers impressions for your friends when you were seven at dance? Yeah. Let's fucking talk about when you started liking stand up. Yeah. Like Ace Ventura was my whole personality for a year. Um, (laughs) I used to do that impression. Yeah, my my life was just quoting Ace Ventura and Liar Liar for like I don't even in it. Like I most of I grade. to this day at thirty three years old have bits where I quote Liar Liar, and if people yes. haven't seen the movie, I'm like fuck off. I got to wait on the mom from Liar Liar like three weeks ago. <gasps> Stop! That's so fantastic. She sat Liar. down, and it took everything in me not to be like the claw. That's so funny because I, when my cat's asleep, I'll like mess with his mouth and go for this, you will pay a terrible price. <laughs> like he does with the water. So yeah, I have loved stand up my whole life and always 
and this is not me trying to like be like, but people are always like, oh, you should do stand up. So I always knew I was going to at least try it before I died. But I did not think I was going to do it. I did want to know if I could do it, though, because I respected it so much. So I was just talking at the bar one night and someone was like, well, you know, they do an open mic here. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? What year is this? Because I know Buck's been doing it for like 13 years or something stupid. Yeah, this now. was like 2016. Okay. Maybe? 16, seven. I think it might have been. It was either 15 or 16. I started in like 16 or 17. Yeah, I was going to say it might have been 16 because I was doing stand up in Jacksonville until about 15 and then I vanished. Then, yep. So, yeah, because I would have seen you because I started going to the um, hot potato that Buck runs every Monday. And it was me and 16 guys and maybe Christina and Mears. And then Mears. God. Yeah. Who, yeah, she's great. And who I hung out with when she was out here for a minute. Um, but yeah, uh, I so, would go and I would listen to everyone. And okay. Then I, would leave. I did not talk to anyone. I was like way too nervous. I was like, I'm going to write my name on that like piece of paper one day. But I would like push through the doors, look over at Buck and be like, nope, not today. And I would just go straight <laughs> to the back corner and listen to everyone for two and a half hours without speaking to anyone. And I did that for, I don't know, a month maybe. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, like a long time. And then Chafin came up to me, another great uh, Jacksonville comic who's very sweet and was like, hey, um, so what are you doing here? Like basically so nicely was like, are you going to tell jokes or are you some kind of psychopath? Like, what's your deal? Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, like I've never been up before. Like I'm but I am going to go up one day. And he was like, "Okay." And then just left me alone. And then one day I like, you know, went up and did my first set. And how did the first set go? Good, fine. Did like, it. I didn't bomb immediately. I didn't bomb until like a month or so in. Yeah, I always like these convert. I always like these stories because it's always different. I've had so many comics on, and some are like, "Oh, all my friends came out, I murdered," and others are oh, like, "Oh yeah. no, I bombed off." I didn't the tell bat. anyone. I didn't tell anyone, but I wanted it to be that raw. That's I wanted to know if I was actually that good. That's why I didn't yeah. talk to anybody. That's why I was like, I want these people to borderline hate me. I want them to have no reason to respect me or listen to me. And then if it's funny, I'll know that it's actually decent. Yeah. And then I wrote jokes that whole night because I was also terrified. So I went up, it was fine. And I was like, good. Now I can like come hang out at this mic. I can bring my friends and just get drunk and have fun and know that I had done it one time. And that whole night I was up writing jokes and I was like, fuck, I have to go back now. Like I didn't want to go up. It was very stressful. Was not into like making this a regular thing. Um, and then it, this, it, you were born. The new you, the Phoenix rose. I just never never stopped writing jokes. The second I don't have shit to say, I'm good. Yeah. But I just keep writing jokes. So So then what happened? Did you jump headfirst into like doing mics all the time in Jacksonville? How many mics? Because I remember we had like tap of that and we had hourglass and we had rain dogs. And that was kind of it. I was about to say I used to hit hourglass and rain dogs because tap of that, I think I didn't really get as much the one that I didn't have time to do when I was there was drive out to St. Augustine in the middle of the week when they would do happy nights sometimes. Oh yeah. That was the one that people would be like, are you going to come do that? And I'd be like, dude, I got to work and I'm not going to drive that far after that. So I would, yup, I would do hourglass and rain dogs. And that was my thing. So every week I would go up on Monday and then hopefully by the next Monday I would have something else to say. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. And what great, I didn't mind that at all. That wasn't like me being like, I need more of this. Like I would get up on Monday and be like, cool. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. 
Yeah. I, now I get to be terrified and shit water until the next Monday. Great. Like, <laughs> yeah. When did you uh, decide, like, obviously you gained some traction, you got into it. When did you decide? Because you and I both, made, I mean, obviously, like I said, a couple, you did it a couple years before I did, but both made the move. And, that you know, there's a lot of people that will reference throughout this podcast today that are still in Jacks, which is, you know, more power to them. But when did you decide, like, I need to get out of Jacksonville? Oh, well, even it's so funny because me getting out of Jacksonville had fuck all to do with comedy. I, oh, really? Yeah, I needed a job. I was working at an like I would say more even what I do for money outside of comedy brought would have brought me to either here where you're at now in New York or Atlanta. Those are the three places I was looking for jobs because I like writing. So I don't care about TV writing, but I like writing. I'll write freaking anything. Yeah. But most of the jobs where you're writing anything fun are in one of those three places or probably now like depending on what like niche thing you're in like some other you know if you're in tech some other cities whatever but i yeah. wrote a lot in beauty and retail like women's uh apparel and stuff like that and a bunch of those companies are here so oh I, okay see i thought you went to la specifically no, for comedy no i told people i was moving they were like oh for stand-up and i was like not at all no one <laughs> um <laughs> It has almost nothing to do with it, actually. Yeah, literally, it's working out well, like, absolutely. But also, where could I have moved to not have more mics than fucking Jacksonville? I could have moved almost anywhere and gone and been possibly closer to somewhere I could have gotten up. Yeah, that's true. More mics if I was moving to, like, a ma more major city. So, you know, um, but yeah, I was I was working at an agency that I loved, but it was so small, I could not pay my rent. And the only other job was at a bank that was super fucking boring. And I was like, I'm going to hate my every job that I found in Jacksonville. I was like, I'm going to hate doing this and I'm going to end up quitting. It's going to suck. Like I can't sustain my life here anymore. So I'm OK. <laughs> and then so then you just got you. You went over to uh, the West Coast. You went out to L.A. Yep. When you got there, were you like because you already mentioned you didn't move there for comedy. But when you got yeah. there, were you like, oh, I'm still going to do it out here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Like that was like the first like things that I, not the first things I did, but, and were mics, but the first things I did out here were definitely comedy related. They were definitely okay. like, finding like one of the, I remember one of the first shows I went out, came out here. That was just a, it was a bar show, but it's at the Virgil, which is a really, really cool comedy spot out here. It's a bar, but it's two sides. And the other side is just like straight up an awesome comedy club. Oh, really? And, okay. Yeah. And so, but I didn't know that. So I just show up and I walk into this bar and I turn to the left and I just see like a tall man in a denim jacket with a fur collar. And I was like, that's fucking Matt Bronger. And that, and I was just like, I'm going to love it here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, yeah. like I'm standing on the same ground as someone that like at the time I had been listening to all of his albums back to back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I had probably like just discovered him around that time. So I, uh, yeah, I mean, comedically, it was like, oh, I'll love it here in whatever capacity. And then once I realized how much you can get up here, it was like, oh, this is insane. Yeah, it's a lot. of, And that was the cool thing I noticed, too, when I moved to New York was, you know, you walk into a place like like a friend of the show, Full Sharon, Matt Full Charge, him and I would go hang out at like the stand. And like all of a sudden it's all these like Michael Costa comes up and says, hey, and then Gary Goldman comes up and says, hey, because they all know Matt because he's been doing it for so long and he's such a good comic. So they're all coming up to say hi. And I'm sitting across from him, like eating pizza, like, 
Did, do you know who that is? He's like, yeah, these are my friend. Like these are, yeah. Like I know who that is. And just to be around it was so cool. Yeah. I was like, I remember that like the second day I was here, I went down to the cellar, like just to get food, like the act because the olive tree cafe that's above where all the comics hang out. And I was just sitting there like eating chicken fingers, like looking around like this is the coolest. Yes, that would be okay. That is I even at my first festival, like my first bigger festival, I went to High Plains Comedy Festival in Denver. Yeah. And we were picking people up. And they're talking and all this stuff. And it was like a, a me and two people that had been there numerous times. And I was like, full disclosure, y'all, I'm about to nerd it up all weekend. Like everything is new to me. I'm super excited about all this stuff. You know what I mean? Like Bucks makes fun of me all the time because I'll fanboy out. And then I yes. he's like, he's like, you need to text me before you do shit like that. And I can tell you not to do that because like and I've told the story before, but like I had a really embarrassing moment uh, with Dan Soder, like. He, Mark Crespo opened for him and I thought and Crespo was like, oh, he's so cool. Like, if you ever have the opportunity to talk to him, he's super down to earth. He loves comedy like you love comedy. I think you guys would have a lot in common. So I accosted him right outside the bathroom and was like, oh, my God. And then Buck was like, dude, you have to stop doing shit like that. <laughs> I'm like, I can't help it. Like, I respect these people. I really look up to them. And then they're just around. Yes, I did. Um, I didn't talk to him. I just said hello. But I said uh, I saw Bill Burr at the store one day and was walking down from the bathroom, just walking down like out um, through like that hallway, but saw him and he was kind of like directly in front of me. And I was smiling so big and with such authority that I think he thought I was someone's assistant. Like, I think he just thought that I had news for him. Like I was going to be like, Mr. Burr, they're ready for you. Or do you need yeah. something or something? But I just went, oh, hello, and shook his hand. And he kind of was like, hello, like, yes, sweetheart, where do I need to be? And I just kept walking and was like, that's the oh, best. I think I just looked too, I think I just like tricked him into thinking that I had something for him. And that's better. And when he should have just been like, who are you, weirdo? Stop smiling at me so hard. I was going to say that's better than what happened with me and Burr. He was at the stand and he was talking to Verzi and I was like far enough away at the bar, but I could still hear them. So I was eavesdropping. And then he looks over and I start laughing at something that him and Verzi say. He looks over. He goes, are you going to join the conversation or just stand there like a fucking creep? And I was like, that's the greatest interaction ever. Um, wait, who said this? Burr said that to me. because. No! I was eavesdropping, <laughs> but it were it was so it was so Bill Burr. It was perfect. Like it's oh, yeah. such a, and so I ended up talking to them and immediately brought up the fact that I played college football because I was like, that's the only thing I can say to like kind of get in. And so I, I was like, yeah, I played college football in Florida. And they're like, what in the South? That's crazy. And so I started talking to them and I was like, that's it. I'm best friends with Bill Burr now and Paul Verzi. Oh, that's, that's so cool. That's such bullshit that the South isn't in. Like, it's another country. Like, what's it like? Yeah. So freaking. But yeah, yeah it was we're... that was way that was it's funny, too, because I'll tell people who are not around comedy. I'll be like, yeah, Bill Burr called me a fucking creep. And they're like, oh, that's so sad. I go, no, it's perfect. That's exactly oh, what I wanted. OK. And also, maybe it's because you're a guy. But even having the conversation go, OK, after that, I would have had to I would have had to wash that off that would have taken a little bit for me to come full back around that Bilber called me a creep oh he oh, looked right God. he goes are you gonna join the conversation or just stand there like a fucking but creep also he's 
inviting you. So yeah. he didn't think you were a total creep. But no, oh he said God. it with this tongue in cheek with a big smile on his oh. face because he knew he could tell. I mean, just look at me. I look like a Bill Burr, Tom Segura you, fan. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You look like you if you went up to him and said, I'm your long lost son, he might pause. Yeah, he might be like, wait a second. <laughs> What city? I'm joking. I don't know if he's that kind of guy. Take it back. Sorry, Bilber. Um, Well, he's been with Nia for, God, almost 20 years now. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't know how old you are. This still might work. Yeah, right? (laughs) I don't know when the last time he was single. Um, But yeah, that's very funny. So, well, so back on what we were talking about. So you get out to L.A., you go there for work, but then you're still like you're still involved in comedy and things have I mean, I can only look at it from the perspective of following you on social media, because like you said, we were kind of at opposite time or at different times, at least in Jacksonville. So we're not like super duper close, but things have been going from what I can tell, like really well as far as stand up and everything like that. I mean, I can't complain, but I have very low expectations for stand up. So it's like, yeah, right. <laughs> I was already happy when there were so many mics, like you said, mics or shows. If I don't get booked. I will pivot my brain to treat mics like shows. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's all comics, but you're still people. I can still get you to pay attention if I work hard enough. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. Sorry. Maya so, always likes no! to be in the show. I like that. I liked your polite, silent parent, like puppy parent owner snap where you like, because I do that to my cat. We're just like, hey, you <laughs> better cut the, cut the shit, cut the shit. She responds better to the snap than my voice. Yes, I feel like my cat responds better to a pause in my eyes than me actually saying like, yeah, because they're like, oh, shit, this is getting serious. (laughs) Yes. So funny. Um, But yeah. uh, Oh, so like, yeah, even if I didn't have shows, I would just kind of go back to that mindset. So when I started here, it was just like, oh, there's tons of mics. Who cares? And then I just did mics until I slowly got shows. And then even the shows I got people when I first started getting on more shows were like, ah, I see Katrina on all these flyers. And it was like, dude, uh, sometimes when you see on the flyer, that's the second time I've done that show. Tons of the first shows I did were me going around, picking up spots that other people dropped. I was just reliable. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was just (laughs) like a little Roomba sucking up all these spots that other people didn't like have time to do or dropped or got busy for, which I didn't realize uh until i was like oh maybe it's just because i'm a nerd and people know like ah oh, i'll pick up katrina she like answers fast and can tell me whether or not you know what i mean yeah people be like yo thanks for letting me know so fast or thanks for hitting me back or whatever is where i was like oh yeah it's like at least getting to a point where people that book shows will be like oh ask katrina she might be able to do it she's reliable yeah the best ability yes. is availability yes so that was it i was literally just picking because to the point where i showed up a show at a show and one of my friends started laughing the second I came in the green room and I and I was just like, hi, like, what's so funny? And he said, every time a motherfucker can't make a show here, Katrina comes <laughs> like, if You are on a show and you hear that someone can't make it. You're the one that shows up. And I didn't know that. But I think that that was so and then even then was like, OK, now I have to be on the show and do well. Like it got to the point where I wasn't counting getting booked on a show. I was counting when I got asked back. Like I still yeah. would be like, yeah, anybody will ask you to do something once. I want to get asked back. For sure. So I feel like I just kind of slowly started creeping up just goals for myself and just working. Like I just, if I can do it and work, it's fine. Like 
stand-up did never I work so that I can fund my ability to do stand-up. So like I have gas money, I have, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just for now sure. getting to the point where I'm investing more and going out of town and stuff. But it's like, yeah, I have a job so that I can do stand-up. So like anything I can do after seven is, you know, so yeah, I just kept, I feel like I just keep kept going like that. Well, and, and that's also really cool because it's one of those things like we were talking about before we started recording, but I've, I've mentioned it a million times on the show is that like, you know, you move to a new city and you got to start all over and sometimes, and it sucks because it's like, I work so hard to get to where I was at, but I've also, yeah, that's one of my big things is I love the challenge of like, all right, let's fucking do it. Like, let's go. And I've been talking to people now and they're all like, Oh, it takes about a year, year to a year and a half, maybe two years to kind of get in. And I've been able to accomplish a few things within like the six months I've been here. And yeah. a couple of people I talked to, they're like, that's not that's not how that's supposed to work. Uh-huh. But it's like you said, I just keep fucking showing up. If I keep going head down. People would say stuff like that to me too. be like, oh, well, just so you know, I submitted for that for like a year. And I'd be like, OK, cool story. I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, cool talking. story, bro. <laughs> Sorry. Like sucks to suck. And and well, no. And the thing in terms of even like the I got the Comedy Central thing and my friends are like, oh, duh, like, that's awesome. Duh. I was like, yeah, now I got to do well. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, like, I can't fuck this up now. Not like, oh, I'm never going to be happy, but it's like, yup, now I'm focused on making sure that I make the most out of this opportunity. So, well, because that's the other big thing, too, is. And you alluded to it, you shit, you even mentioned it earlier, but it's one of those things where it's not super difficult to kind of get on to shows like if you just ask and you're friendly and you're a cool person to hang out with, people will put you up. It's getting asked back. Like you can't make a dick. You can't make yourself look like a dickhead out there. Like you have to do well. So that's the, that's the other thing. And I feel like, and this may be different in New York, but I like sitting back and letting things happen in their own time. I don't submit. I didn't submit to tons of shows. I would submit to big shows where it's like, yeah, the people that run the show are freaking on TV. They have can change your life. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the fact that these people aren't at mics. These people don't know that like I'm funny or that I'm new. They don't know who I am. I'm not on their radar. So like I will submit a tape to a show that like, hey, this is who I am. I would love to do your show. Yeah. And then even maybe get them to ask someone that they know that is going to mics. You know what I mean? To see if anyone can vouch for me or something. But if my friend, if people like you said, other comics at book shows, I don't I will let them kind of see me on mics and book me on their own because I'll, if I submit, I'm going to get like the first spot on a midnight show on St. Patrick's Day. Like people yeah. will throw you a bone and it will be a fucking scrap. Yeah. And that's why fine, I, but, like, I you'll never get a better spot with people that like they're booking, you knowing what kind of comic. You yep, are, exactly. Like, oh, she would pair good with this person. It's like it's I feel like I've benefited better from just sitting back and doing mics and letting people recognize when I get because people a lot of times are even when I talk shit about people looking at their phones and mics and stuff. I even now know that like I will hear someone at a mic and put their name down in my Google Doc to like watch like people yeah. watch you people will write your name down and be like, Yeah, I remember when you were at this mic a year ago, and you're a lot better. Do you want to do my show? Like, we aren't the best gauges of I've wanted to do shows and then look back at a tape and been like a five. I've submitted the first tape I ever submitted to hot tub is a fucking embarrassment. The <laughs> idea that I ever, ever even called that a submission is a joke within itself. I have my very first submission on this laptop. And I was like, this is 
terrible. Burn it forever. Right. So like you can be in a place and be like, oh, I can't believe I'm not getting that. And it's like, bitch, you do not need to be up there. Yeah, at all. That's not where you deserve to be yet. And if they gave it to you, it would be messed up of them to let you bomb like that up there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so. my big thing, too, is the whole like instead of because that's I've talked about it with a lot of people, but it's like maybe I should ask to do more because I'm a big believer in like, I'm going to let my work speak for itself and I'll wait for them to ask me because it goes back to that whole thing. Like if you ask for a favor, then they're just doing you a favor. Like I'd much rather you book me because I'm a strong comic and because you like what I have to say versus you book me because it's like, oh, well, Brennan's our friend and he asked. So I guess I kind of have to put him up like, no, fuck that. Like, I want to go at the spot at nine o'clock on a Saturday in a sold out room, not the fucking midnight show on a Wednesday. Yep. And I'll wait. I'll wait three months for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do. Totally. I got nothing going on. I've signed a year lease. Like, I'll be here. Not in a hurry. Yeah. Um, I did want to get into some of these stories. So you mentioned you are a gator. Uh, you did go to the University of Florida. I did. So I really honestly expected a lot more crazy stories because I have friends that went to Florida. But uh, I was a nerd. Here's the thing. I was a nerd that also did. uh, Like I didn't. um, I had school friends, but a lot of my super close friends did not go to UF. Okay. So they have more antics that I would like come back and be like, what happened? It would be like, oh, Dem had to leave the game early because he ran out of face paint and used house paint on the rest of his body. Like <laughs> I would hear about a lot of stuff after the fact because I was <laughs> out with my like degenerate like friends that didn't go to college or were like too old to be in college. <laughs> oh man, we all, I, I, I have a fear that I'm going to be that guy because everyone's always like, you can always go back to law school. It's like, I don't really want to go at like 38 and be like, hey guys. But law, okay, and I understand what you're saying, but law, I feel like if there's older people in there, I'm like, you should be sometimes, yeah, put some mature people in the law school. Yeah, right. <laughs> put some adults in there. That's okay. I respect old lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> I am okay with old lawyers. I wanted to like ask my you. My daughter was like, yeah, there's a guy in my, my class that's like 40. I'd be like, don't make him your study buddy, but also good. Yeah, right. He, you know, you know, everything's on the up and up if there's a 40 year old in there. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of old dudes, you, uh, you said freshman college alcohol bus oh, with yeah. old dudes. Speaking oh of old God. dudes. Okay. And also, it's so funny because you made me think about this. And I was like, oh, shit, I have a version of this that like I will hope will maybe be like visible one day. I'm like writing about this for real. But uh, we were having one of those like cool freshman girl dorm parties. Okay. Where it was like uh, everything's new to us. All of us barely know each other. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just oh, yeah. people that met at orientation drinking together. And I ended up being super cool, like, or really good friends. Like one of these women just had a baby. Like I Aww. was friends with her. Yeah. Um, but it was her dorm. So it was her dorm. And she is like the most responsible of all of these people and was just like random roommated with these other people in this like one of the super nice dorms. So they had like a common area and then it was like an apartment. Like I couldn't afford to live here. It was so nice. Yeah. And there were four girls in there. Freshman dorms are always the nicest. That's actually a, a topic that's gotten brought up like really? three or four times on the show. Yeah. No. Okay. Ours are different places. So like there are halls that are more expensive and they're nice and they're mostly 
all higher classes because really because at FAU it was all all the brand new dorms always went to the freshmen oh! and then they'd recycle the old ones. No way. Ours was like how much you want to pay to be in this dorm because I was in like a basic and it yeah well because we had, we did have different levels too yes. but but the super brand new ones were always reserved for just freshmen. Oh, they did straight up reverse where like you had to be a freshman athlete to even get on the list. Like all the nice dorms were normally people that were like, yeah, we paid our dues and all like. Oh, shit. So it was reverse over at the it was University like of if Florida. You're, yes. If you were like older and still living on campus, you could hook that shit up. Damn. People I think were like, F this. I'm going off campus. I'm yeah, for sure. Especially in Gainesville. You could get like a mansion for like twenty dollars a month. Just like some beautiful old haunted place, like a yeah. block away. It's great. Um, but yeah, so we were in this beautiful dorm and one of the girls had befriended this older guy at a bar down the street. Yeah, she did. Come with all his cool friends and bring alcohol. When you say older, do you mean like 21, 22 or do you mean like 47? I mean like a like 30 year old law student. Okay, so you were right in between the numbers. <laughs> so like so this guy, here's the thing. I think now that I'm older, I feel like he was a badly aging 30. Okay. Because he looked older than he was and would um, act later. So this guy, like, I just remember being like, this guy isn't hot. How did you even, like, come across each other? So like, she's 18, a freshman yes. in college, and she yes. met, like, a 30-year-old 30 30 who looks 40 at a bar. And that's what I mean. He may have been... Uh, I don't think he was 25. Like now that I'm older than 30, I really don't think this dude was like, he may have been 28, but like they were older. Yeah. So him and I think that was another thing too that happens a lot is people will be like, I'll bring my friends. And it's like, hey, curveball, if he's 28 and hanging out with 18 year olds, he might not have a lot of friends. So he's <laughs> like one other guy. Um, but it was like, oh, it's going to be like a cool party of like us all hanging out. You know what I mean? Which it is, yeah. you know, being more of us hanging out with like older guys that clearly brought booze, you know? And so we are straight up like playing Jenga. Like we're drinking, but we're still being like college freshmen about it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we're like playing games and like there's cards everywhere, whatever. So we hear a knock at her dorm door and it's her RA. And she's like, hey, like, you have to keep it down, you know, whatever. We're like, OK, yeah, that's fine. And then we get are they are the RAs more lenient with you all because you're freshmen? I would assume they'd be like kind of lenient if like they know you're not a piece of shit. Yeah, that's how it was, because I was in the student apartments as a freshman. So like it's a lot more freedom because it's like on the it's like on the outskirts of campus. There's kitchens, So like. They, oh, they it's it's actually nice. reserved for upperclassmen only. But because I went in the summertime, I was able to like sneak my way in. Okay. So they kind of are just like, whatever, as long as you're not destroying anything, like we don't really care. I was right. never in the actual dorms, but I partied in the dorms and they're like fucking smashed together. Yes, exactly. Like there is no they'll right. It's like kind of even the thing where they'll be like, dude, you can't get me in trouble. Yeah. So like if you can keep your shit together and I can also not get in trouble, then everything's cool. Like that kind of thing. So she gets called again. We're trying to like hide stuff, whatever. Harari's still being cool with us. So like basically she figures out something's going on. We all get pulled out of the dorm. We're all like lined up and she's like, okay, well, here's the thing you're cool. Like talking to my friend, like they were, she was like friends with her RA, like on her floor. She was like, you're cool. Like, I know you're not like 
you know, the party girl. I know that you didn't buy this illegally. The fact that like this was brought in, you like these dudes aren't um, students. So if you just pour out that liquor and y'all leave campus, like I'll just let everything just let it go. Yeah, I don't care. Right. This dude starts yelling about how he doesn't want to pour out his bottle that he just bought of like bottom shelf Captain Morgan. Uh. And we're like, are you fucking kidding me? We're all in line arguing, being like, dude. I'll so wait, is everybody money. outside or just yes. the just the girls? We're all like lined up. Everybody okay. that was like inside the door okay. is like lined up in the common area. And we're all like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Like she's in front of her already being like, I will give you $50 the second she leaves. Just pour it out. And he's like, no. And he's also drunk, but he's like, I'm not doing it. Just like refusing to pour out liquor. And now that I'm older again, it's like you... He had on a polo like he had some kind of job. The fact that he was being this a child, it wasn't it didn't have gold flakes in it. Like, what are you doing? And it doesn't it doesn't matter what the booze is. If the RA is like, listen, you're cool and I won't call the cops on these 90 year old dudes over here. Like, just pour it out. I'd be like, all right, cool. Dude, like get a drunken, toothy 18 year old blowjob after this and like (laughs) live your life. You would have been so much cooler. So we're arguing with this guy back and forth. He picks, because she had like the evidence, she had him like on the ground, picks up the bottles and runs for it. Takes off. What? So the RA goes full. I don't know if this girl, because also this was the athlete's dorm. Yeah. I don't know if this girl was doing two a days or what. She goes full cops. Takes off down the hall, like down the stairs after this guy. They ended up catching him like security got him. We were like on probation. Like they were going to try to suspend us for a summer for like we had to go to court. It was this whole thing because of these fucking assholes. All because that dude wouldn't because he ran off with it. And I think they caught him at the at like before he like ran. I don't know if they ever caught that dude. I really don't know. That's seeing that's I don't understand that because it's like just especially like you said, now that we're older and like I have a good job and everything, it's like. Just pour now it out. Like, I'll give you the fucking that money. Dude was what? It's like, why are you risking even being in trouble with children? With like, used to be children, last year's children. Yeah, literally six months ago, last- you were you would be considered a pedophile. Yes, out here straight, Matthew McConaughey it in a dorm. All right, all right, running off. I and I, I, I honestly don't under. I went back to FAU a couple years ago. Alyssa, my ex fiance, her little sister was going there, so they were like, oh. You went there. Can you show her around? Like, so we went as like a family, like her mom or dad, everybody yeah. went and I'm showing them around. Best part was we went into the athletic center and I'm there's a picture of me with the team for the first bowl game ever. Um, and I'm in the picture. So we, we go into the athletic center. No business being in the athletic center. And I do that whole like, oh, who's who's that guy in that like totally no business, no she's business. Not, she's a business major. She is. Yeah. Like, why are we even on this side of campus? <laughs> But that's the thing is, I was like looking around and even my ex fiance's little sister. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like these. They look like children. Yes. yes. And I was like 28 at the time, 29. And I'm like, I don't understand these guys who like graduate from a college, but never leave the college town and just keep hooking up. I mean, I I guess I understand it like as a basic male, but it's weird. weird. It feels often weird when you see and feel the differentiation between you can like even now I'll like walk past 
younger people in a mall and see them trying to figure out how old I am. Like, <laughs> you don't move like us, but you're wearing a Van Simpson t-shirt. So I don't know what's going on. And like, you can see them being like, I can smell that you're not as dumb as me. Like they can yeah. too. And I can tell by like, I'll hear them walk by and just be like, dude, the shit that I, you know what I mean? Just the conversation, everything about your spirit is so different at that age. But the idea that you would hear uh, that kind of stuff and be attracted to it is like you're fucking on it, a different It way blows my mind. Because I, okay, so I have like, uh, I am like the, the lowest form of bisexual that like doesn't even matter. But I <laughs> lowest like, form of <laughs> But I've like. That's the title of the episode. <laughs> I've like flirted with girls younger than me and been like, guys are fucking weird for being into this because like a 25 year old girl will just like think I'm cute and text me. And like, it's like, you're using way too many emojis after this. I don't, this is weird. Well, and you know, from some of the stuff they talk about on stage. Yes. It's like, no dude, this is me. I am, we are of similar genders and I, this is, I don't need to be entertaining this straight up. So it's, it's, it's so crazy. Cause, and especially at Mike's, I see it. Cause it's all these kids that are 18, 19, 20 and good on you for knowing what you wanted to do and getting started early. I yeah. didn't start doing stand up till I was 22. So good on you, but uh, I was older than that. I was like 26. Oh, wow. And yes, yeah, see, it's but I'm the, I'm the lawyer equivalent of Sam. Right. There you go. But, they have like the stuff they talk about on stage. I'm not going to only a Sith deals an absolute. So I won't say all of them, but some of the stuff they say, I'm just like, how do you get out of bed in the morning? Like, how do you have a job to pay for the fact that your you bills? The street alone today is wild. Yeah. The but fact that you've tied your and shoes. Like, and like you said, it's all different because then I have friends that are 25 and they have the spirit of a woman that like smokes fucking Virginia Slims. Yeah, right. They saw more shit before they hit double digits than I have my whole life. But there's way more like just young, free, beautiful young people being young people that is just like very indicative of like everything about you is where you are in life. So for you to be an older person and be like, yeah, let me get in this dorm is like, where, what is going on? Dude, you let me get work. in this dorm. You got off work and came to a dorm. What is happening? I have. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. You yes. consciously were at work thinking I'm going to a dorm party tonight. Oh, I thought about that as like dudes that hung out with me in high school and being like, yeah, you were straight up. Like you had a W2 and you were hanging out with like straight up kids. Just God. like, or no, the fact that you could legally drink inside and you would electively be in a park because the girls that you want to hang out with can't drink inside is like, yeah, I would just find older friends. Like I, I find new really, friends. I'd never truly look back from being able to drink inside. Like any other time after that has been because I just liked being in a park. But like, if we're really <laughs> drinking outside because people cannot drink inside, like that has not been a problem for oh a while. That's, <laughs> that's, well, speaking of hanging out with older people, look at you in your professional transitions. Uh, while you were a child, you did mention a bad high school thing, a mushroom trip. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Which actually I did accidentally segue because it is with the people that I was. I had about. a so, feeling yeah, I had a feeling with some older dudes doing some mushrooms. Um, what year of high school are you in? Uh, 
like junior year, maybe. Okay. So you're like 16, 17. Yeah. Um, and, uh, was with my friend and her boyfriend and a guy that I was like in love with at the time. Um, 24, 25. No, he was 21. (laughs) Well, that's okay. State of Florida, 16 to 24. The only thing that made it okay was that I thought he was 18 and he thought I was 18. And then like a month after we started hanging out, we were all just like randomly talking about years we were born. And he was like, wait, what the fuck did you just say? Oh, wow. He did not talk to me. Like he would see me, you know, and and this was also accidental, but he would see me at parties and be like, can you drink yet? And I'd be like, nope. And he would be like, fucking weird man. And just walk (laughs) away. Wow. Um, (laughs) But we were all hanging out doing mushrooms. And I didn't trip that hard because this was like when I I wasn't like as um, versed in psychedelics as I am now. But uh, <laughs> now you're an expert. The way you point, said it, it was so funny. so funny. I just haven't I hadn't done them really at all. Now I have, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, for sure. Uh, at one point, I was hiding in a room um, because that I thought was outside because someone had a BB gun and I thought it was real. And so I thought that I was being hunted. <laughs> oh, my um, God. It was super stressful. Uh, we went to a tennis court, but I did not like it because I could see gremlins running around on the court. Um, like, that was also one of the only times I've had, like, visual hallucinations that were not fun like everything about this was just like not fun um but it was just the space I was in I think like yeah knowing again knowing how I like to trip now I was like yeah this was just like I never would have done this now um isn't that also weird like I always think if I fall off the wagon and start drinking again I know like there's certain things I mean I probably still do because I'm an alcoholic but there's certain things where it's like oh yeah don't mix like cocaine and vodka and ro- like, that's just stupid. Like, don't yeah, do wow. that. Yeah. So we stayed up all night, but then my phone was in another room. And so no one told me that my phone was ringing. Like I'd missed, like, I'm not joking, probably 15 calls from my mom. Oh God. And so, and I'm not that kind of person. Like, yeah, we talked about it earlier. You're reliable. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, fuck. So I was like, I have to, like, I'm not going to be able to just pick up my phone and say, you know what I mean? Whatever. Hey, so my I pick up the phone. And I'm like, hey, mom. And my friend is in front of me, like mouthing lies to me. So she's like, where are you? Like already pissed. And I was like, oh, I'm a and my friend is going the beach, the beach, like whispering the beach to me. And I go, we're at the beach. And I say <laughs> like that. <laughs> She didn't even acknowledge my shitty ass lie and just went, yeah, come home. Like the beach, the beach, Um, which also was a joke for a while, was just my friends coming up to me and going, the beach, (laughs) you're a fucking idiot. Um, So I got home, got in trouble, but like I got in trouble for like minimal, like had told, you know, whatever amount of the truth I had to tell to be like, look, this is where I was, but I'd left out a bunch of other stuff. Then they find this dude's wallet in my car. Oh, no. And I also did not know that this guy's wallet was in my car. But Do you have strict parents? Huh? Trick parents that are like, what is this? 
Yeah, like I'm saying that I because I I know I've heard you talk about your parents, but I think of that set in Jacksonville. But are they like super strict, or are they like? Oh, eh, here's the thing: is like I feel like they would have been more strict if I wasn't the kind of kid I was. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I'm my mom is constantly saying like we could only discipline you, but so much because you were already hard enough on yourself. Okay, so they had the capacity to probably be oh, hard asses, yes. but they just oh, weren't. They could ruin my fucking life. They just never had to. So yeah. Um, we do that like, well enough on our own. You're right. So they did ask me, they were like, oh, did you let anyone drive your car? And I was like, no. And they were like, well, then what is this wallet doing in your car? And I was like, I don't know. And I was being serious because I was like, I don't know. This guy had taken my car while I was asleep. Oh, shit. So then I got in trouble for letting someone drive my car and I had to just eat it. But I was just like, I didn't do this, but that would have been worse. Like it would have been like, like, hey, it's not my fault because I was fucked up on mushrooms and he took my car without me noticing. Like that's not any better. So I just had to <laughs> eat it and say that I let him, but he was also just a piece of shit that took something without asking. But- um, God, so he just straight yeah. took your car and then your parent, who leaves their wallet like that? He didn't, I mean, hey, we were all fucked up. I was more mad because it was like, dude, if you would have fucked my car up driving on mushrooms and I don't even like you that much. Oh, uh, that would have been. God, your parents would have had something to say about that. Oh, and I just, and I would have been fucked. I would have had no way to get to work or anything. Like I got the Jeep that my dad gave me because he got a new car. Yeah. I would have had no car. I would have had to find a, a way to buy my own car now. Like that would have been God. fucking it for me. So yeah. Well, that, that Jeep you've had quite a few adventures in. Yes. I love it so much. I what? miss her. Her name, the first one, her name was Bonita. I might get it tattooed on me one day. But really? My mom makes fun of me because I know the names of all my cars. <laughs> what? Um, well, speaking of that first Jeep, was that the Jeep that you uh, got drunk in and got almost trapped at the beach on? No, that was someone else's beach Jeep. Thank God. Speaking of the beach. Yeah. OK. And it was the same beach that I lied about being at another night when I was actually there. Um, when is this? Is this in high school or is this in college? Yep, this is high school. God, you got into a lot of year. You probably like senior year. For someone who did so well, because the University of Florida is not an easy school to get into. A lot of people I know even got deferred. So for you to do so well, you were a pretty rambunctious child in high school. I did. I uh, I I've done. I do like weekend shit. Yeah, I know. I get it. There were people like in high school even to say like I was calm because there were people getting drunk every day at school. Yeah. Yes. As a prank. So it was like. I'm sober at lunch. I don't know what everyone's trying to give me shit about. Like, I'm I always I always think it's so ironic or interesting because a lot of I know a lot of those kids that would like party and stuff in school. And then they went on like, you know, we were all in IB. So they were smart kids. And they went all all to do most of them to do pretty cool things. And I was the one who's like, I'll never drink. I'll never drink in high school. And then wow. I became a fucking raging drug addict and alcoholic by the time so I was 25 were, like, 19 or something like once you left home? I yeah like well I started drinking like my senior year is the first time I ever got drunk and all my anxiety and depression and stuff just went away and I was like oh you were like I found the formula yeah so I just started self-medicating from okay. then on out and okay. it got well, yeah, it, that's, it, it, it's it's so it's so funny because it's like yeah well it's like oh 
I'll never do that. And all these other kids are partying. So when I have people on and they talk about these high school stories, I'm always like, oh, you were like a bad kid in high school. But then I look at it and I'm like, wait, I've been arrested eight times. And as a grown up, which is so much worse. Well, and that's like, okay, so I had like not as much as I do now in California as an adult, but I did already know at that age, like, yeah, y'all like to drink and I like to smoke. Like we can sit on this dock and I'll make sure that no one swallows their tongue. And just like smoke a couple J's. And that was kind of my thing. And so my high school was also a lot of like, Katrina never drinks. Katrina's never drunk. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, sorry. But what happened at the, the beach that day? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, so like we're all hanging out. Typical weekend, just like hanging out, drinking. Uh, but we had borrowed again. Okay. Same group of friends. These people just don't respect people's property. (laughs) Someone else's Jeep, but also this is, I didn't think about this, but like, and this is not at all fair because he didn't ruin my Jeep, but this other friend took his Jeep. I think he actually though, he gave us his Jeep because he was trying to get rid of us. So he could have like alone time with my friend. Like he was like, go be losers so we can diddle. So like everyone but them left and took his Jeep and we just like went like hanging out, riding around. So we're like riding sand, going like probably 60, 70 miles an hour over sand dunes on the beach. Like I was tucked into a ball and my back was hitting. Oh my God. That's how, probably should have had a seatbelt on. Uh, Tons of smashed beer bottles. Like we broke a bunch of beer bottles by accident because there was like a case of beer in the back that was like airborne. Oh my God. Smashed pretty sweet so so who's driving this dude that i went to high school with okay borrowed his friend's jeep yeah so just another random guy all right yes another friend another high school friend so how many people are in the jeep like two like five oh my god yeah there was like three girls and two guys we at one point were sitting around waiting for them to come out this is my least favorite part of the story because i do not condone stealing but they were like, hey, we're going to go in and get some stuff real quick. And we we're like, OK, whatever. We were at this like uh, not that like a like a off budget Ron John surf shop. OK, but like just a beach store. Yeah. So I remember sitting in the back doing a Cosmo quiz with my friend. Like we're sitting in this Jeep asking each other Cosmo questions, like the most high school girl thing you could ever do. And we hear start the truck. And I look and they're running with towels and boogie boards and they had just like stolen a bunch oh, of stuff that's that was shitty. outside of the store for no reason yeah i was really mad about that because we didn't even need that stuff it was the middle of the night like who's gonna boogie board right now so we were <laughs> leaving that i think that's what kind of started us like flying over the dunes and everything so we'd gone on to the beach and we were on the beach so long that they closed the gate Oh, shit. Yeah. So for those of you listening in Florida, you can drive on the beach. It's not like you jumped over like a seawall to get yes, there. You, you can, can drive, drive on, on the, the beach. beach at certain hours, but it yeah. closes at like 10 or 11 or something like that. So we had been on and then we get on, go drive up to where you get off and there's a gate. The gate's locked. Freaking out. And we're like, oh, my God. So uh, definitely not sober. High school friends like I have an idea. Let's just drive around it. <laughs> So he backs up and just tries to pick the Jeep up like around the, the you know, the main dune. Yeah. Bars. Yeah. But guess what? All that sand. Super, super soft. soft, super so soft. soft, so soft. You would say even a person couldn't walk in it, much less a car that weighs tons. 
So, um, or at least hundreds of pounds. Um, no tons. You're you're right on. It, it tons, exactly. A Jeep with five people probably weighs a good five to seven thousand pounds. Go. Okay, cool. So immediately get stuck. So now we're. This is, oh, and also, I also take it back. I was not a senior because I remember they were like, Katrina, you're the lightest. So you get in while we try to push it off. It was like stuck on a bar. Oh, God. Gate, and then there's a bar next to like, and it's on the bar. It's on the bar. So they're trying to lift the Jeep up off the bar while I gas it so that it will go forward. Oh, my God. This is making me so stressed out. This. When I tell you we were dealing with this until almost the sun came up, it was horrible. So we, I, oh, this is how I know how young I was. Cause they were like, Hey, Katrina, you go in and you put gas it while we push. And I had to pretend that I definitely knew the gas from the brake. Like, Oh, so you were super young. I was still learning to drive. I don't think I had my permit yet because I was like, yeah, no problem guys. I can totally do this. And I remember closing the door and by myself in the truck being like, Gas break, gas break. Okay, yeah, like just being like, don't hit the wrong <laughs> one and look even stupider. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So we're trying this; it's not working. We try to find a rope. We steal someone's garden hose, tie it to the axle, get my other friend's jeep, and try to pull it. So now we're trying to drag it. We pull it. We we tie it. Tie it to the front. Tie it to the back. Yeah. Pops immediately. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. We're dumb. Try to find rope, tried to steal a rope. The guy, this man who I would later spend almost a, more than a half a decade of my life with, tried to steal a rope that we later realized was wired electrically. So he was like, yeah, I feel weird trying to steal this rope. And then they were like, I think that was electrically wired. Like they got wildly <laughs> shocked trying to steal a rope for us to like try to tote this Jeep with. Um, and right as we were like getting traction, like we found our, the guy whose Jeep it was, was done like diddling my friend. Diddling, yeah. was like, what the fuck did you guys do? Um, so we have more manpower. As we're getting it off, one of my friends goes, hey guys, and just pushes the gate open. Like it was soft padlock, like the padlock was just looped on. And we all looked at her. Wow. I was like, honestly, dude, you should have just kept that shit to yourself. Yeah. I was like, I almost don't even want to know that now. It was, yeah. So that was quite a night. God, that sounds like an adventure. (laughs) Well, we are about out of time. I do appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, Katrina. I know we were trying to do this for a while. This is so much fun. Of course. Plug everything one more time. Everything you got coming out. This will come out April 1st. So plug your one woman show, the whole thing. Uh, Yeah, please. If you live in L.A., come or tell your friends um, to come to the comic is present. It's April 1st and 2nd. Um, Tickets are $25. You can get them on my website at KatrinaSavad.com. It's just Davis backwards. S-I-V-A-D. It's not cool or French. Or an homage to the Miles Davis song, which is way cooler and earlier. It's just, there's too many Davises. There's like a billion, one of, there's a Katrina Davis that's an optometrist. One's a figure skater. I'm the comic. So yeah, look up my stuff. And yeah, if you're in LA, come to the show. It's going to be awesome. And like nothing I've ever done before. <laughs> I'm so excited. I want to hear how it goes. Yes. 
Thank you, everybody, so much for listening at Brennan T Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. When this comes out, I'll have shows in Ohio coming up, doing a run up there. So check out the website and subscribe on Patreon. We'll talk to you all next week. <laughs>